Healthwatch organisations were set up in 2012 by an Act of Parliament to have their ears to the ground, picking up public and patient concerns and views of their local health and care services. Each local authority in England has a local health watch. Healthwatch used the insights gathered to advise council and NHS leaders about their community's needs to ensure that residents' views are heard and acted on in decisions about local health and care services. Since 2018, we've been researching the work and relationships of Local Health Watch. In this podcast series, we talk to people who know about Health Watch, about the work of Local Health Watch. We hope by listening to these podcasts, you'll get an insight into this organization, which, despite the mission of representing people's voices, remain themselves larger and known. I'm Amit Desai. And I'm Julia Zuccatelli. We're both research fellows at King's College London. This is the Exploring Health Watch podcast. In this episode, we are going to hear from Michelle Thompson. She is the CEO of Healthwatch Darlington. We met Michelle through our research on the work of Local Healthwatch. She was one of 15 members of a panel we put together of staff and volunteers in different Healthwatch up and down the country. We talk to them regularly, both individually and as a group, about their work, their ideas, and what we learned from the panel complemented the more detailed research we were doing at five local health watch organizations. I think Michelle was one of the first panel members we recruited. Yes, I think so. It was a long time ago. It must have been the beginning of 2019. There are many reasons why we thought it would be good to speak to Michelle as part of the podcast. Not only is she an all-round lovely person, I think you'd agree. Absolutely. But as such, Darlington itself is also really interesting. It is, yes. It's one of the smaller health watch in England. Local health watch are all different shapes and sizes, and there's no standard England-wide formula for calculating how much local authorities should offer in terms of money to providers of health watch services. It's really very locally dependent. And Health Watch Darlington has a budget of about £100,000 a year. This small budget means they're only able to employ two full-time equivalent staff, Michelle herself as a CEO and an engagement officer. This is quite a common situation for many Earthwatch two or three staff. This is how Michelle talks about how a local Earthwatch organises its work with such limited resources. Uh, well, yeah, I would say at the moment as, as CEO, um, as well as doing the duties of CEO, I'm practically doing everything else as well. <laughs> so you just have to do what you do. Um, it's just, it, it is unfortunate that at the moment, my colleague has broken her arm as well. <laughs> so you couldn't make it up. <laughs> so bless her, she's doing her best to get out in the community. And we've got sort of, we've got a good bunch of volunteers that help us as well so yeah we we do muddle through it can be challenging we're just finishing off two reports and then also our annual report as well which you know that that can be challenging in itself um, but we do have a lot of help which is fantastic and as i said before we are looking to recruit again and then also our board members you know they they really help as well so for such a small team you you have to have it's sort of like all hands on deck when something like this happens. It's just it's just the way it is and you just get on with it. And I think as a CEO of a health watch, you have to, you just literally have to think on your feet. You have to be so ready for change at a moment's notice because that's what the NHS do to you anyway. <laughs> so there's 
that many different changes, but that's okay. As long as, you know, sort of um, our community is getting the right information and, and, and they're getting it at the right time. And they're also able to access services as and when. So, yeah, it, it's it's a big team effort for a very small team. But if we didn't have our volunteers, well, I probably just wouldn't sleep. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, which, you know, it's I think um, the main problem with us is funding and, you know, sort of about four or five years ago we took a, a, a 50% budget cut which it was huge at the time it was very upsetting it's not ring fenced with the local authority and you know I think that is one of the big problems of all of the health watches and it was just one of those things that we just had to deal with not ideal but since then you know we've been able to attract other funding from for particular projects with the NHS and with other providers which has helped but we've also been eating eating into our reserves so eventually it gets to the point where you can't really predict whether you're going to be able to attract the same amount of funding for small just like little projects here and there but it all adds up it's gold dust to us so you've just got to deal with the money that you've got right now and as your reserves start depleting you know you've got to be really really careful so even though we may be able to attract more funding going forward from you know uh, commissioners and providers of the NHS which really helps I think you know, we've really got to be cautious as well and try and do as much as we can with our statutory duties. But, you know, it, it, we're literally the same as a lot of other health watches. You're literally limping along. And I think even though we're a charitable organisation limited by guarantee, we can go for other pots of funding. But what is really frustrating is that even though we're a charity, we're delivering statutory duties. So you get halfway along the funding application and they'll say, hmm, you're a charity, but you're delivering statutory duties. Shouldn't the government be paying for that? So then we can't go any further with the application. And that in itself is really frustrating as well. And, you know, spending all that time on a funding bid only to be told that, no, actually, you can't because of your statutory duties. So it really does feel as if you've got your hands tied behind your back sometimes. So, you know, as a CEO, you've got to think of all these different things. And it's good that in Darlington, thankfully, we have got a good reputation in the fact that people will come to us and say, could you help us with this particular piece of work? And if we can, we will. And if we've got enough volunteers to help us to do that, then we'll take it on. But yeah, it's always a challenge, but that's fine. I like a challenge, you know, whether it's physical, mental, emotional. <laughs> Talking about challenges, we asked Michelle about the biggest challenge of recent times, that of the COVID-19 pandemic. Her answer acknowledged the challenges, but also some positive consequences the pandemic had on her work and the work of Healthwatch Darlington. I would say that for speaking to the to the public, to the community, that did have its challenges because our bread and butter is going out and speaking to people and also reaching out into the community, people that are not online or that don't want to be online, you know, sort of places of worship where we could just, you know, sort of go along and speak to people of different languages and, you know, sort of our ethnic and minority groups. Um, so that in itself 
did prove to be really challenging. However, the plus side is that we we didn't really stop doing what we're doing. We just had to do it in a very different way. So we would reach people through social media. Um, we did set up our Wellbeing Wednesdays, which was fantastic. It was just setting up a Zoom meeting every Wednesday for anybody to come in and just chat. We would have speakers. We would have you know, sort of the NHS talking about COVID and COVID vaccinations and all of that. So that really helped for our information and signposting and pointing people in the right direction. And I think also um, we did have a monthly newsletter, but then we made that a weekly newsletter because of the amount of information. And we became that main conduit in Darlington for up-to-date information on health and care. So that really, really helped with social media and obviously the people, you know, especially in lockdown, down where people didn't really know what was happening and where to go so that proved really really useful and we've kept that weekly newsletter going now because of the amount of information and I think because Darlington is so small and we don't have an infrastructure for the voluntary sector we became a conduit for them as well there was so much going on in the voluntary sector for helping people in the community you know going to the pharmacy the food and and things like that when we were in lockdown that um, you know they they used us to promote what they were doing to help people as well so I think it brought with it a lot more for Darlington a lot more positives than it did negatives I think so yeah we we did what we could and we hopefully did it to the best of our ability so yeah. But COVID-19 isn't the only challenge of recent years there have been other big changes in the health and care system in England as Jacob Lamp from Healthwatch England discussed in the last episode New NHS structures called Integrated Care Systems, or ICS, have been established to plan and provide health and care services in a coordinated way across a region. ICS have been put on a statutory footing since July 2022, raising issues for Local Health Watch about how best to represent patient and public voice in these new structures. So we asked Michelle to talk us through them. So in July, um, the clinical commissioning groups, the CCGs, are going to be abolished and the NHS are going to be working at a regional level. So, for instance, in the northeastern North Cumbria, our integrated care system is the largest in the country and it's because of the the massive area that it covers. And then in other areas, there will be smaller integrated care systems as well. And the integrated care system will include an integrated care board, which will have executive members on, as well as a voluntary sector non-voting member and also a health watch non-voting member. And then um, also local authorities and hospital trusts and primary care. That, that will be a really big board. And then a, a sub-regional level. So for instance, Tees Valley is classed as a sub-regional level. So there's five local authorities that sit in the Tees Valley area, whereas, say, for instance, in the central area, there's County Durham, Sunderland and South Tyneside. So there's only three authorities there. But that's what will be called like a sub-regional level. And then at place level, that's just in your particular local authority area. So, for instance, Darlington is a place level. So it can be very complicated. So then we asked Michelle what all these changes mean for Healthwatch Darlington. 
We have been having lead officer and board meetings for quite a long time now about the ICS and how we could work within the ICS, but protect our place-based functions, but then also work at a higher level. And in order to do that, there need to be the resources to do that. So we're in ongoing conversations with the ICS at the moment in their uh, comms and engagement leads. So it's something that we're very aware of and the ICS are very aware of because to start off with, when we we first uh, started to see the plans that were coming out from the ICS, there was very little talk about Health Watch. We were sort of bunched in with the voluntary and community sector. And that's fine because, you know, some of us, the way that we're made up, we are charities but we've also got statutory duties which puts us away from the voluntary sector because we don't provide services as such whereas the voluntary sector do. So the voluntary sector have done a fantastic job across the North East and North Cumbria in pulling together one of the both networks, one from North Cumbria and one from um, the North East and they're working in partnership so it's the voluntary sector partnership and they are um, at the very top level at the integrated care board they have got a non-voting seat there but now so has health watch as well so we've got a non-voting seat on the integrated care board which is fantastic because the ics have realized that you know we are very much that independent voice um we're not in competition with anybody we don't provide services whereas you know with the voluntary sector they've got to really you know there's thousands and thousands and thousands of voluntary sector and community organizations so that's a huge thing to navigate and to make it fair as well i'm looking forward to the challenge from july but i you know we're all very aware as health watch that we can't let that patient voice that we've worked so hard to get into those meetings we've got to make sure that we're still sat there and that we have got the resources to be able to do that as well so I think at a place level it'll just be business as usual but we're very aware of that sub-regional and regional level as well. And finally given all these changes and challenges we asked Michelle what keeps it going? I think what keeps me going is the empathy that I have for people because When you're in a situation and you don't know where to turn and you just you can be so worried about something, you can be in pain with something. And I think for me, it's being an organisation that can be there for people who can inform and signpost people to the right people who can help. Um, So it's for somewhere for people to turn. But also the main thing for me is being in you know those strategic meetings where people are really trying to hit targets at a government level but totally missing the point about everything else and it's just they're so focused and it's not their fault they you know but they're so focused on we've got to do this and we've got to do it in a certain amount of time we've got this amount of money to spend but the patients the service user the carer gets lost in all of that And to be able to say, now, just hold on, just just step back a minute. How do you know that that would work? Have you asked people whether that would work? This was Michelle Thompson, CEO of HealthWatch Darlington. We'd like to thank Michelle for sharing her thoughts and experiences. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with our colleague, Professor Graham Martin from the University of Cambridge, and we'll be discussing Health Watch in its historical and policy context.
We'll ask him how he ended up with a health watch in its present form, what came before, and how England's political landscape and public discourse shape what kind of patient and public voice health watch is able to provide. Bye, and thank you for listening. Goodbye. This podcast episode was hosted and produced by Amit Desai and Juliet Zaccatelli. The HealthWatch study team are Sally Breely, Amit Desai, Graham Martin, Glenn Robert, and Juliet Zaccatelli. This podcast was produced as part of a project funded by the National Institute for Health and Care Research, the NIHR. The study was funded by the NIHR Health and Social Care Delivery Research Programme. Award number 1705110HSDR. The views expressed here are those of the study team and not necessarily those of the NIHR or the Department of Health and Social Care. Mm-hmm.